Hello everyone, how are you? Welcome back to the Hey Mom, Why Did No One Tell Me podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again today back here on the podcast wherever you are listening. Um, yeah, I'm so grateful to have you here and I'm so excited that you know I get to share this episode and this content with you today. Okay, so today's episode, I'm just gonna dive right in and I wanted to talk about this idea of practicing. And when I say practicing, I don't necessarily mean it in the sense of like, you know, you're learning how to play a like the guitar and it's like, eh, kind of working. You need to practice a little bit more, but then it'll be fine. We're not talking about that, but we are talking about the same concept. So let's sort of start there back with the guitar metaphor. So I, once upon a time, wanted to um, play the guitar. And my dad, he is a very talented musician. He plays so many instruments. He plays like um, guitar, banjo, uh, fiddle, um, uh, saxophone, and some mandolin, other, he, he basically, he's a very talented musician. And I was never someone who like, I, I'm a musician myself. I'm a singer, which is, you know, very different than playing an instrument. I've tried playing instruments. I can kind of play the piano. Um, and at one point, I wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And I don't know what exactly it was, but I just, you know, I wanted to, but I never actually, like, took lessons. Um, when I was in college, I met someone, and I was like, oh, you can teach me guitar. And I never learned how to play guitar. <laughs> um, suffice to say, you know, the idea of practicing, right? The idea of practicing whatever your skill is, whatever your craft is, like that's really important. So, you know, take, um, take a photographer, for example. You know, they could have a lot of really awesome raw talent with taking photos, but they do have to practice, you know, getting the angles. They have to practice, you know, finding the light and, you know, using the material to use the light to their advantage for whatever they're taking a picture of. Um, you know, if you're a musician, you, you know, need to practice in order to make your instrument, you know, top notch. And it's not just within the arts, right? It's with anything. Like, practice is so important. That's why, um, you know, top athletes, Olympic athletes, professional athletes, they practice. They go to practices weekly. Um, and then, you know, for big events, it really ramps up. So we can see how practicing just, it makes you um, better at your skill, better at your craft, right? And that is something that I've, you know, been very much around my whole life practicing, you know, for like a dance recital or practicing for, you know, a play that I was in. Um, and well, I guess, you know, if it's, um, if it's for the arts, it would technically be called rehearsal. Um, so yeah, it's something that I've really just, you know, been around my whole life. And there was always that saying growing up that practice makes perfect. And when I was younger, I was like, oh yeah, like that saying totally makes sense because the more you practice, the better you get at it. And then eventually you're just like perfect. You're going to do it right every single time. And that's what I thought it meant. <laughs> and then as I got older, I forget where I heard it, but someone said to me, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. 
And I actually want to say that I was in college when I heard that. And um, I was like a junior in college and my music theory professor, who um, she was a very talented musician. Um, and when she said that to me, I was like, practice makes permanent. Like, that's so interesting because I'm like, isn't it always been practice makes perfect? And then I thought about it and, you know, she talked more about this idea of practice making permanent um, or being permanent. And it got me thinking. I was like, yeah, yeah, like practice does actually make permanent. And for for a while, I was like, well, why can't it be practice makes perfect? Like, you know, that makes sense. That's the saying that I knew growing up um, or knew growing up. <laughs> um so I kind of like, you know, why, why would she say practice makes permanent? And, you know, if you think about it from a musical term, a musical perspective, right? When you're practicing on the piano, like this is something I did because in school I took keyboard classes. Um, when you're practicing on the piano and you continue to practice and you continue to get like the finger patterns down and like, you know, where you're going to move your hand and everything along the keys, like that becomes a permanent thing. Like, you know, just by muscle memory, where, every, where your fingers are going to go, what sound's going to come out, where you need to place them on the piano. Like, it's a just, it's permanent in your mind. And that's when I really understood practice makes permanent because, you know, you can do something and teach yourself and do muscle, like, you know, develop that muscle memory as much as you can. And, you know, eventually it's just going to make sense. Like, it's just going to be something you know how to do. And that can, you know, go for anything. It's like, well, you know, when you're driving to work or maybe you take public transit and you know exactly, you know, your routine is down, right? You've, in theory, practiced your routine so much that now you don't even have to think about it. It's like, you know when um, you have to get into the car or you know when you need to get on the train or you know um, just how long the ride's going to take and you know, you know, all the twists and turns and you have a routine down pat. And that's the exact same thing for not only, you know, your creative talents, your day-to-day -day life, but that's what also happens just as, you know, being an artist and being someone who has chosen a career field where a lot of times you have to seek out certain opportunities for yourself. And I think that with searching out those opportunities for yourself, you get to be really well versed. You get to be really um, exposed to just, you know, interacting with people and being like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And, you know, I would love a chance to show you what I can do. So what does this look like in practice, right? In like practical terms. So what this could look like is, you know, say you are an artist, right? You do visual art, you have these amazing paintings, and you, um, you know, you want to you wanna sell these paintings. Now, someone who is completely new at, you know, selling their own artwork, you know, they don't have a lot of practice doing it, right? So the first time they go into, you know, maybe it's like a small coffee shop who's looking to buy local artists' work. Um, the first time they do that, they're going to go in, they're, you know, going to do their best to sell their work, but it's definitely going to be a little bit awkward. 
um, on their end, maybe a little uncomfortable as well because it's not something they've done, right? Like they've created these beautiful pieces of artwork, but they haven't really practiced that next aspect of it. Like, you know, you know, I've practiced for hours upon hours upon hours of creating art, but now this next thing, which is newer to me, I have to now like sell this art or tell or convince someone why my art would look amazing in their shop, right? So the first time that happens, that person probably is just, you know, a little, like it's not, you know, the greatest pitch in the world. But if that person were to continue to pitch their artwork, to show people, the more they do it, the more comfortable they get at it, the better they are at it. And eventually, like the practice around so much of it and, you know, practicing like selling or pitching your artwork or the practice of talking to people, it becomes easier. And then eventually, you know, your brain goes on like muscle memory and it goes on autopilot and you can just, you know, you're just going in there and like, yeah, this is, you know, what I do. This is my art. I would love for you to display it in your shop. I hope we can work something out. And that's something that, you know, comes with anything, especially as artists in business, you know, the more we practice, the more permanent, you know, these habits of ours that are so important to the success of our careers become. Personally, as an example, um, auditions, right? So I'm an actor in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, I do both theater and film. And I can guarantee you the first time that I stepped into an audition room for a big theater I was not, um, I definitely was not the same performer that I am today. Um, you know, when I went to my first audition, probably, I can't even remember what it was, but the first time I went to my very first professional audition, um, I was probably, you know, I was excited and I was confident, but I was also probably really nervous, um, because, you know, this was a whole new ball game for me. Like this was the real deal. And I wanted to do really well and I didn't want it to, you know, not go the way I wanted it to go. And so in the beginning, I definitely, you know, probably made some, not like mistakes or anything, but I, there were probably some things that I did that I maybe wouldn't do now. Um, and, you know, that was a few years ago. And now that I've been in the game for a while now, I've been in the industry and I've been auditioning, I know and I sort of am more... Um, aware and more permanent with, you know, what I'm feeling before I go into auditions. Like, I know how to approach them. I know what's going to happen. I know sort of, you know, I've, I've been doing it and I've been practicing my auditions, practicing my auditions um, for so long. It's that now auditions don't even like really phase me. A question I get a lot is, oh, but like when you go into audition, like, aren't you just so nervous about it? And yeah, at one point when I was younger, I was really nervous about going into auditions. I was really nervous that maybe um, something wasn't going to go right. I was nervous about maybe forgetting my audition material, a million things. And, you know, those are still nerves I have today, but it's a lot easier for me to, you know, find, you know, I find, you know, casting calls I go to and I go to them and, you know, it's just... I'm aware of where I am and I'm, you know, very aware of the situation and the gravity of the situation. Like, you know, depending on the theater, I'm very aware of like, you know, the professionalism of it all. 
And now I, I've, I've auditioned for so many people for so many things so many times. And I've gotten a lot of rejections too. Like, don't get me wrong. I've gotten a lot of rejections. Um, but that's something that now I'm just like, oh, I have an audition. Yeah, um, got to make sure I have all of my materials good to go. And now I don't even really, I don't, it doesn't really even phase me. Um, I used to spend like the, like either car ride or the train ride there, just like, you know, thinking about it, going over it. And now I don't really need to do that. I can just sort of be at, you know, my thoughts can be my thoughts. I'm not really worried about anything. Um, if I'm worried about, you know, anything at all, it's, you know, if it's probably if I'm driving, like, where am I going to park? But I don't really worry or feel concerned the same way that I used to be because I've practiced so much and I've practiced auditioning so much. I've auditioned so much that auditioning for me is just, you know, that feeling that, that, you know, what I know I'm going to expect and I know what's going to happen. Like, it's just so permanent for me now that it just, it doesn't really phase me the way it used to. And, um, you know, as I said before, rejection too. I remember um, when I would audition for a show, I really, really wanted to be in the show, and, you know, it just wasn't in the cards, and a couple of, um, a couple of times I was, like, really just, you know, sad about it, I really let it affect me for a few days, um, because I just, you know, that's just how it was, but then what ended up happening is that slowly I kind of got my brain out of that. And it slowly became, oh, like, oh, I didn't get this. Oh, too bad. Um, on to the next thing. Like, we'll try again next year. And rejection, I think, is something that artists in general, not just, you know, theater artists, but just, you know, any kind of artist, that's something that, you know, we as, like, a human population, like, rejection just, like, among people in general, that's not something that, you know, we really like or we really want. And... You know, especially when we're being artists and we're, you know, we're vulnerable with our work, hearing rejection can be really tough. And like I said, it took me years to get out of that whole like, oh, if they say no, then that must mean I'm bad, uh, da, 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 da. That's not really where my mind goes now. And that's not really what I'm thinking about anymore. Um, I sort of look at rejection as, oh, well, I guess they're... Um, I guess there was maybe someone else who was better suited for the role or maybe, you know, this role just wasn't for me and that's okay. And, you know, hopefully it'll work out in the future. And I've gotten to that point where rejection is just so, I don't want to say it's like permanent in my life because that sounds kind of bad, but rejection and the idea of, you know, being told no or not booking a role, or presenting your art into the world, and not getting the feedback you want. That's something else that I've just, you know, been around, and I've learned to, um, you know, I've learned to get rejection, I've learned to experience it, and I've learned how to best, um, how to best, I guess, cope with it in a way. And I think that's something that we as artists sometimes forget, just, you know, this idea that, you know, just because something like rejection happens, it doesn't mean that it's like scary or bad, right? Like if we take this, you know, concept of rejection and you have someone who, like me, 
you know, fresh out of college, really just wants to take on the world by storm, um, and they get rejection, you know, right out of the gate, that can be really, you know, disheartening, and that can be really, you know, just like, oh, like, what, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? But then you talk to that same person maybe a few years down the road, and their attitude and their opinion around rejection just totally changes, right? Because they've they've had the art of practicing how to react to it. And that art of how to react to it, it's like rejection doesn't even face them at that point. That's not to say they're not disappointed if perhaps they don't get a role or perhaps they, you know, don't book something or they don't sell a piece of work that they really wanted to. Like, it's still okay to have, you know, those feelings towards, you know, not accomplishing a goal you've set for yourself. But it also sort of um, it also sort of changes because at that point, you know, they just, they know how they want to react to it. And I think this is so applicable to artists out there in like, you know, the creative world and the professional industry. Um, like whether you're a photographer, if you're, um, like a visual artist, if you're an actor, if you're a model, if, you know, you're looking to use your particular creative skill to start your own business like that's something that also becomes you know once you practice it enough it becomes permanent and um sort of like you know the pitch of that i talked about in the beginning with the artwork like if you're looking to open up your own business with your particular um pieces of work or maybe you're trying to teach um the whole idea in the beginning of like oh well how do i reach out to people how do I find people? How do I, you know, put money on these services that I'm charging that would pay me a fair, you know, a fair rate, but also, you know, so it doesn't feel like it's like so much money that maybe the person who's taking the class from me doesn't feel like they're being, you know, ripped off or anything. Like, that's all something in the beginning that business owners and entrepreneurs really, like, I feel really, like, they really experience it. Like, I know I experienced it. And it was just, It was one of those things where, you know, when I first was like, oh, I want to help, um, I want to help other creative professionals and artists learn how to build wealth and, you know, learn money management. At the time I was like, well, you know, me telling that to someone, that sounds so, so silly. Like that sounds so silly. But the more that I've practiced telling people, the more that I've practiced, you know, telling myself that what I am doing is actually something that, you know, is 100% possible for me, it's become a lot easier because I've practiced telling myself that yes, I can do it. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. And then eventually that just becomes a permanent thought in my brain, right? It becomes permanent that like, yeah, I help artists build wealth. Like that's what I really enjoy doing. And, you know, I would love to talk to you about it. Like, That is something that in the beginning, you know, it can be just really weird because you're like, I don't know, I don't know. But the more you do it, the more you practice it, the more permanent it becomes, right? So let's even go back to the playing a musical instrument. Like if you're playing and you're learning to play the guitar, the more you practice those chords, the more you practice, you know, moving your hands around, strumming the guitar, um, the more you practice that, the more permanent it becomes. And then pretty soon, you can just, you know, you can change, like, chords, you can move your fingers where they need to go in your sleep. And 
I think that's why it's so important to remember that no matter what your creative journey is, whether you're in your industry professionally to perform or to create art to sell at commission to sell at a commission, or you're trying to use your skills and you know start your own business and monetize them in a certain way, like everyone starts from somewhere, and when you start off, it's not supposed to be the most amazing thing in the world, right? That's why the more you practice, the more permanent it becomes and the more confident you become in yourself too, right? Because the more you practice these things and the more you practice, you know, saying who you are, taking ownership of what you do, taking ownership of what you're charging people for your services, for your craft, for the art you create, the more permanent that confidence in yourself becomes. So it's not just, you know, the act of, you know, going out there and putting yourself you know, putting all of your skills and all of your um, artwork out there. Like, yes, that becomes really permanent the more you practice it. But also what we're really going for is that confidence within yourself, right? Like the confidence to walk into a store or walk into a coffee shop and say, hello, my name is so-and-so. I create this amazing art and I would love to display it in your shop. I would love to talk with you about that. Like that is that like you can't put a price on confidence, right? You can't put a price on how you feel and how, you know, just proud and how, you know, the strong sense of self that you have with that confidence. So guys, the more that you practice doing whatever it is you're doing, the more confident you'll become. And the more confident you'll become, the more permanent that confidence will be. And pretty soon you're going to not even recognize yourself in the mirror because you're just a completely different person, like a completely different person in like the best way possible. So guys, that was um, pretty much all of my thoughts for today's episode. Um, I really hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed talking about it. Um, I just had like a burst of like creativity um, before I started recording this episode. So I have an entire list of podcast episodes and topics that are coming up. So stay tuned. And until then, guys, it would mean so much to me if you would um, subscribe to the podcast, rate it, comment on this episode. It really is helpful to me to know that you guys like what um, you know, you're listening to, you like the content. And once you do that, take a screenshot of it and tag me on Instagram. Um, I love Instagram. It is one of my favorite um, like social media platforms. And my Instagram handle is at artisticallyboldlife. If you want to DM me, um, I love talking to you guys there as well. And yeah, it's just like a super fun party. So come be a part of it. And today's episode is sponsored by my free Facebook group, Empowering Artists in Business. If you are an artist of any kind looking to monetize your skill or your gift, please come join the Facebook group. It is um, a place where a bunch of like-minded artists in business and entrepreneurs are gathering and we have a great time in there. I have seen some amazing pieces of art, um, you know, be shared in that group and I would love for you to be a part of it. So come on, join. And guys, everything that I've mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes, so check there if you have any questions about any of the links or the social media handles I have talked about today. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you in the next episode.